going on? Here we are. Yeah. Trying out something different. Lovely weather again. Yeah, you got a brand new machine over there, don't you? I'm going I'm going brand new all the way around. I'm standing up too, so I don't know if I'm gonna sound any different or not. Ooh. I don't think so. Go. He's a go getter. I wonder if the radio guys, you know, like on the shows, if they mostly sit down. Well the unprofessional ones are the less professional ones. You can hear their chairs rattle. So. Yeah. Hmm. It's just uh, everybody's out walking around. See him going up and down the street. Uh, let me look out nice. the window. Can you look on your new standing position? Yeah, I, I could look in the sitting position, but I usually kept the blinds and the curtains closed. But I could see it's a sunny day. The breeze is blowing. To My, uh, stay consistent, I'll say it's 83 degrees here. Probably the same here. Um, my buddy's back with me today, my four-legged co-host here. So he can see out the window, too. And he, uh, if y'all didn't know, he owns all of the roads and sidewalks that he can see out this window. Mm-hmm. And he's none too happy about y'all using it without his permission. So wonder if, if you hear uh, anything, it is his disapproval of everybody's enjoyment of the sunshine. I wonder if that's where my dog got that from, since she came from your house. Which came first? Probably. The boxer. She was the one that didn't like people the most. Maybe he learned it from her. Right. And therefore, you're further off the road, though. Y'all don't have sidewalks. No. You don't have sidewalks. Just down the road. We have a I'm very actually looking at the road. back of the house. There's a little slit I can see to the main road that does have sidewalks from my house, not the neighborhood road. And that's where he's watching all these fools walk up and down. Not a road you would probably rarely want to walk up and down, I imagine. Is it busy? Secluded. The main road? Yeah. yeah, it's busy enough. It's getting more busy because it's it's one of these roads that was just a little connector road between two oh, main gosh. highways. And so it was all farmland. And so now it is, they're selling it off plot by plot. They have been for about 25 years. And just about every three years, a new subdivision gets built. So the road's getting busier and busier to where it's getting to where it's pretty much always traffic but there's no commercial stuff on the entire road Supposedly. it's just a residential we have a loop that goes around the entire it's not a like a enclosed loop so i should say it's like a seven or an l or whatever you want to call it that goes around what would be this entire neighborhood signs say you know whatever the tonnage is you know ups fedex I've oh yeah loud, yeah but i've seen every kind of truck it's in the like world ten thousand. yeah yep which is why it's chewed up uh, in-laws live on a small country road that backs up to the huge farm property that is now owned by the company that owns Bonnaroo. If y'all don't know what Bonnaroo is, it is a huge music festival that's once a year in the middle of Tennessee. Uh, but they have a little bitty bridge that's not rated for the trucks that go across it. So Doesn't stop anybody. Nope. <clears throat> it's good to see everybody outside, though. Not inside, stuck in the television, binge-watching, playing video games. Speaking of, I watched a new show. I don't know. It just kind of kind of struck me to watch. It's called High Score on Netflix. Mm. Um, it's about video games. It's it's okay. Uh, recently, I have you know been going through and just watching. Like, there's some YouTubers who put out like um, the history of like Super Mario Brothers three or Contra or whatever, and it tells you it goes. They're pretty they're pretty thorough for just YouTubers. You know, I mean, maybe they are professionals. Um, but it tells you the history of all the games, and that's really interesting. So I've watched a lot of those. I was like, well, let's see what Netflix does with this. And so it was um, it was okay. Um, it uh, it had some angles, as, you know, modern shows seem to have. 
that it has to throw in there about everything. Um, Unrelated other than that, to if you games. Get through, yeah, and I mean, other than the people had to do with gaming, I don't really understand what their backstory has to do with <laughs> development of the game and their woes. But anyway, were there any? Um, uh, so what struck me was, and I remember even being a kid, you're a little older, so you were a little ahead, but that kind of plays into what they were talking about. So I was at the age where our first video system was Atari for sure, but I mean, I was little when we had it and we were always several years behind. Um, I remember getting the Nintendo it was probably right before Super Nintendo came out and I was more of a Nintendo kid. But there were also those kids who liked Sega. So it was like Mm -hmm. they promoted Sega as being the fast one. They had those commercials at the end where the person said Sega really fast. And they always promoted it as like, you know, the wild, the more mature kid. Like you were the cool kid if you played Sega. And you would have been just old enough, uh, older than me, to where I was probably in middle school when you were in high school. And they kind of more marketed Sega for older kids. Um, do you remember either one of them or were you already in, because when, once I got to college, like video games didn't exist to me, which is not the case for a lot of people I know. Like that's when they started gaming. Right. But not me. I could, they kind of fell away from, I just didn't have time for them really. This wasn't part of my daily stuff. My history would be, I remember as a young child, probably 1980, 81, somewhere in there. I don't know if that is exactly when the Atari 2600 came out, but it's gotta be mm-hmm. close. That's about right. Yeah, and my dad was. We'll just say he kept up with some tech stuff. You know, he had speakers wired to the house, which would have been way odd for that day and time. From one of those original receivers that you enjoy so much, and so mm-hmm. trying to think about what age he would be at that time, probably around forty something. So we got a twenty six hundred, and that carried over till we actually got another gaming system after that walking this gaming system history line do you remember the um in television i don't know if you ever, remember in television oh no it was a go but it was in between so it was a definitely a step up from atari 2600 which i know then they went to the 5200 never had it don't know if i even knew anybody who did have it was it the 50? I thought they had a 7200 or something. They probably did, but I think everybody had already stepped away at that point. And yeah, everybody went to the Nintendo, I think, after that. The, and television's big game, at least that myself and my sister enjoyed, was Burger Time. Did you ever play that, like, in an arcade? That sounds familiar. Is it kind of like Frogger? More like Donkey Kong, but only sort of. Like, you got things dropping down yeah. on the screen. You're making burgers. So I have... I have seen that. I think I have an emulator or two on a computer somewhere, or maybe like a classic emulator on an Xbox, and I think it has Burger Time on there. I was like, what's this? It was a fun game. We spent yeah. many hours with that. After that would have been the uh, Nintendo, which would have been my middle school years. Of course, Mario Brothers, eventually Zelda, and I'm trying to think of what are the big classics that were huge in the beginning of that. Duck Hunt, you know. Yeah. One that everybody enjoyed to play, but you probably didn't log a long, long time at it because it didn't have a whole lot to it. I got a Sega eventually, but I was definitely more of a Nintendo kid. I traded a kid at school um, a CD player for a Sega because I had two CD players and really just ended up giving it to my brother. I don't know. The Sega games were just different. Like they were, they seemed to be more about fast action, constant, you know, pushing buttons. And it's kind of like Street Fighter 2. And Mortal Kombat. I was always a bigger fan of the Mortal Kombat games than I was the Street Fighter games. Now, I did, uh, when the Genesis came out, 
I was in college. So that would be like sophomore year. It may have came out earlier than that. I wasn't always necessarily having to jump on it right up bat. I feel like it was early nineties. That would have been ninety two, ninety three. Yeah, that sound that sounds right. And the uh, Mortal Kombat game in the stand up version was in a local restaurant, gas station, meeting place, whatever, hangout place. And that, that mm-hmm. was a fascinating arcade game. And that made me think, hmm, I think I want the Genesis. So that was the next one in line. Never had Super Nintendo. I didn't have friends that had it, but just went from right. not really doing anything to getting that because that one game intrigued me. And I think it mm-hmm. came with Sonic or maybe. Yeah. It, so I had two games. Probably, I don't know that how many ever I had total for that because, like you said, this is college time. But you can find time because at that particular dorm life, at that time, we didn't have cable. So you had, whatever, three channels. You could pick up four channels in the air, and that was it. <laughs> so a way to kill time with your friends, you know, after the last meal of the day usually was with uh, video games. And that was the, probably the last system until what you could call adulthood uh right after getting out of grad school got the xbox and then the forward talking standard Mm -hmm. forward from that would be telling you what my kids have but not necessarily me right well i never had the nintendo then the super nintendo and i thought super mario world on super nintendo was amazing when i was a kid i remember the neighbor had it and we would go down there and try to play it and find all the secret worlds but then after super nintendo i never really had anything I mean, all the way through college, probably I had a buddy in, in in pharmacy school, a couple of friends who had Xboxes, and um, I was like, yeah, man, I haven't really played video games in years, and I had a little brother that was old enough to start playing video games about that time, and I know one guy had a PlayStation 2, and one had the Xbox, and I remember talking my brother into getting a PlayStation 2, and I got one too, and it was so we could play like um, EA Sports, like the NCAA football games, right. and stuff like that but i mean other than that we didn't really play much we'd play the football games a lot in the dorms um but then i'd say it was around 2004 um news that halo 2 was coming out and i had no idea what halo was i was like what is halo it sounds like a is this like a church thing like what is what is halo and they were like it's a video game you never played halo i was like no i've never even i didn't even own a computer until i until i came to school out here um, because Halo apparently was on computer and then Halo 2, they sent it to the Xbox. So everybody was getting some other games to get ready for Halo and Halo 2 came out and I remember watching guys play it and I was like, well, that does look kind of fun. So I went and got an Xbox and then we played Halo 2 and then Xbox 360 came out and all the Halos and that's pretty much ended. It ended my, I just played the Halo. Well, and the dog's chewing his leg up. Hey, quit. The, uh. I'm trying to remember the name of the one later in undergrad that captured a lot of people. It was, like you said, computer games started really advancing. Oh, what is it? Because you could go I think into... Doom was the that's first the one. one. Yeah. And my roommate That was on the show. And uh, there uh, it was the beginning of um, first-person shooters. That was one of those ones that uh, you could just immerse yourself. I mean, you could immerse yourself in Zelda. Mm-hmm. But it seemed like that was the beginning of, like sucked in for vast amount of time because some of our friends would come by and if he didn't have to use the computer they would be on it for just hours i always wanted to play zelda but we um it was always one of those ones where i didn't have enough time to play it not that i as a kid didn't have enough time it was like the time i was allowed to use the television to play it or 
like we would be at a friend's house or something. We just wouldn't have enough time to go all the way through Zelda. I know it would save and stuff, but I don't know. It just wasn't. It was one of those things I always wanted to play. Now, when I got older, I did get Zelda two. I think I think it was the second one, and I, I played that one all the way through to the end. But I never did finish the first one. And then the one that came on Super Nintendo, I thought was really it was real fun. I played that one. I think till the end. Well, you brought up a point that I don't know that you necessarily realized in what you said, and that was you didn't have the TV time right. in this age. If there were to be young people listening to this, would like what do you mean TV time? <laughs> it was not uncommon to have one, maybe two televisions in the house. Yeah, but now I would imagine there's multiple TVs of incredible quality throughout most homes i mean i know some have more than others and that's always going to be the case in anything you're looking at where you're talking about cars or whatever yeah but anybody it seems like everybody of all of all income levels have multiple televisions now i mean they're super cheap even like the top of the line ones aren't that expensive but you can get a great you know 4k television for just a couple hundred bucks for a huge one but we had small 13 inches in our bedrooms probably by about 93 or 94 but see these zelda games that was in the late 80s and that was just at least for the crew I ran around with, the people at my school, very few kids had televisions in their rooms. Like you just had the, you might have had one in a den and one in a living room, and you could, you know, maybe hook that system up um, in there. And if the parent, you know, grandparents weren't around, then you could play. I remember my buddy next door. These are the same kids I've talked about before, who were into like Magic, The Gathering, mm-hmm. and uh, Dungeons and Dragons. They were into Final Fantasy on the video game. And I just was not interested in it. Like they always wanted, and they were the same one. They would always watch TV and they would play those games. And I always kind of wanted to play the like magic and the and the um, Dungeons and Dragons, but they were they were always like because I was new, it was more irritating to them, so they wouldn't really let me play. <laughs> but they played the Final Fantasy, and I just it wasn't interesting when I was a little kid. But then as I got older um, in high school, a buddy brought his old system out one night. It was like after a football game or something. I don't know. It was at his house. And he brought it out and started playing it. And that was older. I was like, well, this is kind of interesting. It was a strategy game, I guess. I guess it was kind of like Zelda. Um, you know, kept all the stuff. But it's interesting to me why people like s- certain games over the others. Like, back to the Sega versus Nintendo, um, which is where I'm meant to go with all this. Yeah, I definitely could tell the people who would be more drawn to Sega over the Nintendo. Like, Nintendo games were always, they were more kiddish a little bit. They were more if you could, if you will, family friendlyish sort of, and the Sega ones weren't really. They were just high speed, to me anyway, and they were they weren't really about as much strategy, at least not in the role playing aspect. It was more of like how many rings could you get with Sonic, in whatever way. It was just I don't know. I just never got the whole Sega thing, but I could always tell which who would be more into Sega and who would be more Nintendo. And it seemed like the kids, um. I don't. I don't want to call them the. I don't know what you would call them. The ones that were maybe had a touch a touch more of ADD than the others always seemed to like the Sega <laughs> games better. I didn't have enough attention span. To, I, I don't know that I've ever. I think it kept game. their attention better than the Nintendo. Maybe this Nintendo was just boring to most to a lot of people, but to me, I always liked it compared to the other. I mean, I wasn't a huge gamer. I could only play for a little while, and then I wanted to go outside. Yeah, I couldn't, no matter what I wanted to go do next, I probably spent more time than I should have, but I don't know that I've ever taken any game to its final, just lose attraction after a while. They were talking about these um, people you could call, they were the game counselors, and you could call and they'd help you through a level. And I remember seeing those 1-800 numbers on the um, games and just thinking, there's no way on this earth... (laughs) 
that my parents would allow me to call somebody to ask them to, how to beat a video game if it costs more than two pennies. And you know who it probably cost $2 a minute or something. Right. Um, although one time I was at my mom's house and Super Mario Brothers 2, you had to jump on this dinosaur egg that it would spit eggs at you. And you had to jump on them to ride across. And I had no idea that's what you had to do. Like, how do I get it? So she let me call the 1-800 number after begging and begging. And they told me to just jump on the egg and ride it across. And I was like, God, I'm so stupid. <laughs> so I knew you could jump on them, but it just never dawned on me to jump on the egg and ride it across the vast nothingness till you get to the rest of the level. There was a mystique to finishing games, more so to me in the early years than later. Because I would see people finish various games later on it's like Mm -hmm. and it was you know whatever you say the princess or whatever you did but do Mm -hmm. you remember an atari game called pitfall oh yeah that was the best atari game that i had anyway there did you finish it i don't is it beatable i think it is yeah because my neighbor did um i remember it got to the screen it said take a picture of the screen and i think back now it's like who who could do that but right. there were Polaroid cameras, and I don't remember if they had one or maybe they used 35 millimeter to take a picture, or even if they did. I just remember getting to that point, and I thought, "Now what? <laughs> Are you going to get?" <laughs> well, like a I played free game and played that what? thing, and I remember it would trick you. Like you'd have to fall down in a cave or something, and you knew you had to go back because you couldn't go any further. Mm-hmm. And, you had to swing across like Tarzan and, or jump across the alligator heads. Mm-hmm. And I remember getting so far, I just did not know how to get any further. So I'm pretty sure we didn't. Me and my cousins that lived a few houses down played it for a little while. Little sounds on there. It was a fun It game. made the Tarzan sound, too, when you swing across the, the ponds. Did you only have, like, one life, though, or something? Like, it was incredibly hard. I think you had three, but you did. I don't think you got to start over right there. I think there were checkpoints. They weren't necessarily called that or anything, but I don't remember you having to go yeah, back to the very beginning, right. but maybe like chapters or something, and it wasn't that elaborately laid out. But if you're basically just going from left to right, and once you got so far right, if you got killed, I think you got to start over, but you had to kind of go backtracking to the left, or it made you go back, but you wouldn't have to go back to the very beginning. It was always um, the kids who played the like the role playing games, and the you know they're the same kids that played the magic stuff. And they were always the kids who they always wanted to build clubhouses and forts. And then you had the other kids who always just wanted to play football or baseball or basketball on the street. They always played the games that like were like Sonic or a sports game, or it's like they were always um, there was a division there. And they never really overlapped. You never, I never could get the magic kids to play like sports with us because we always needed more. You never had enough kids to make it to play backyard football. You'd be like all-time quarterback mm-hmm. with like one person on each side, so you had three people playing, and you never could. I never, and you never could get those kids to go play magic, like or Dungeons and Dragons or whatever it was. There was always a division in the old street gang. I'm sure there were kids doing that. I did not know any personally as far as magic and Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, I mean, now I, I hear people talking about way back when, blah, 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 whether it's a podcast or some personality in a show, YouTube or whatever. But I, I couldn't have named you a person who was doing that. Well, it was kind of, it's kind of alluded to that, you know, those kids who are into the more creative things are going to grow up to be the smart kids and, you know, whatever, do well in school. And in some cases, those kids were pretty smart but they didn't none of them really ended up at least from my neighborhood like at least living up to the potential i thought they had like 
those guys were always real smart. One of them, um, I think he even got like a, a nuclear engineering scholarship to go to the University of Tennessee, and I don't think he went. He just didn't want to go to school. Now I think he like fixes um, something like high, like um, cell towers or like power lines where you have to climb up really high right. and work on them. Like I'm sure he makes good money doing that, but it, he's doing that now, which I would never would have imagined. Like that's almost like a thrill seeker thing. I would have thought the kids who couldn't do anything but play football, you know, that they just want to go 100 miles an hour, would have ended up in some kind of career field like that where. And then, and then, you know, the other guys maybe being a nuclear engineer, you know, or something. But none of them really have never went down that pathway. I don't know what happened to all of them, of course, but the ones that I can remember that everyone thought, you know, or you would have thought maybe they would have been like artists or something, or you know, because they're so creative. At least as children, it's it's interesting how not always the smartest kids from school ended up <laughs> living to their full potential. In fact. I don't know many who did. No. Like I think there's there's many a pitfall and pratfall along life's successful. It's almost like that video game we're talking about where mm-hmm. you you all have a start and it's not the same. I'm not about to even start to unravel that yarn because it's different for everybody for a million reasons. But yeah. even if you're talking about like like a household were raised by the same parents or whatever kind of setting that is, you know, the one goes on and does whatever, and the other takes like a different route for whatever reason. And I'm not talking about being successful, like just the amount of money you make. Like, that's not what I mean. Because there's one dude from school that uh, he's dumb as a door now, and I, he probably makes more money than a lot of us. Um, I'm talking about just going out and you think you, you know, you think they'd be something like, you know, they were in all the smart classes, they were in, um, right. You know, all those positions, they were valedictorian or whatever, and then they end up not really doing much. Just, you know, not not saying that it's a bad life anyone has. It's just a mundane, just, you know, every day, which is fine for some people. I mean, that's kind of what a lot of people enjoy. It's like, you know, I don't know if you ever get asked the question, like at work, like, don't you want to be a manager? And don't you, you know, work your way up? Why aren't you a district manager yet? And all this It's like, well, I don't Maybe people go through stages in their life to where... That seems like that's what they're going to do, and then they just maybe they get comfortable and they're just happy where they are. They don't want to move here or there, because all the people, even in grad school, all the people who were in leadership positions, um, like in all the clubs and the presidents of this and the presidents of that, ex- with the exception of you know a few of them, most of them just you know they're doing pretty much the same thing we're doing. They're not, you know, some of them. I mean, some of them are you know like all the people I know who are in big leadership positions, like at hospitals or with associations right. or even like district leadership or you know regional corporate leadership in like um, the chains um or companies they were kind of they weren't really doing that in school so maybe i don't know maybe like people just they did it in school and they realized that wasn't for them or then maybe the ones that didn't do it they did it in real life and that's the stage they're at now. I don't know. Just to me, all that is interesting how you have expectations from people or you think you can, you think there's a correlation between how they perform in any stage of school and then actual out in real life. I just don't, I don't know that that's exactly true. Although there are some people that you knew would end up just being in jail, which is true too. <laughs> and, and I think understanding some landing pads and destinations and spots, if you, however you would want to characterize all of that is, some people view their end as at a different place than other people. And I think another part of this conversation, because I've been in part of these conversations with people before that thought they knew like the career tracks or, you know, options of 
kind of where you and I exist. And they're like, well, why don't I go do this or this? And I'm like, yeah, I don't think you really understand. For example, one, in the latter sense, not to be in defense of someone should just be comfortable at a certain level, whatever that means, but there's also not a lot of spots. And yeah. do you have a family? Do you not have a family? What do you do or involved within the family in which you came from? Because a lot of these climbing positions mm-hmm. involve going or willing to go wherever. And that may just not be in the cards for right. Maybe you're the major caregiver for your whole family or whatever that may be. You, it's not worth taking a risk right. maybe to them. They're comfortable, right. so don't take that step out on that limb. Yeah. I, I think some of it is... Two people always think there's always tomorrow, and there's always tomorrow, and they're always going to, you know, eventually I'm going to get out and do this, and eventually I'm going to do that, and and then they turn around and they're 45, and it's like, well, what now? It's like, well, (laughs) you're only 45. I mean, you you probably got 45 more years, so it may seem odd, but you could start over, I guess, or, I mean, I don't know. I think that has a lot to do with it, though. They they just, there's like, that's how a lot of people I know were. They just, they had potential, they always planned on doing something, you know, but they just kind of floated the creek and... They just end up where they are. Going with the flow. Yeah. No no um no definite plan. They just kinda see where it takes you. Which is what I think happens to a lot of people when they when they go to school. They there's this idea that, you know, you go to college to get out and get a job and you go to school to, to get a particular job. And I just don't think that's really what going to college is. Like college or universities anyway are just about going and just making yourself a more educated person. Yeah, you have majors, and hopefully when you get out, you'll have a job in that field. But I think statistics show that only like 15 or 20% of people end up that graduate college end up working in the field they major in, whereas the people who go to trade school almost always end up um, in whatever trade, which makes sense because that's what they're lo- learning is a trade, and you can't really – um, I mean, you know, if you go to school to be a machinist, you can't really be a medical technician. I mean, I guess you could, but, you know, you're not being – they have nothing to do with each other. Whereas college is just a general education where hopefully you can get out and just make it uh, – you know, be a better person to where you have the tools to succeed better. Um, but I think there's this misnomer that, oh, I'm going to go to school and I'm going to major in economics and I'm going to get out and just be a – you know, the next uh, – who's the big – the big uh, rich guy Warren Buffett uh, yeah I'm going to be the next Warren Buffett and I'm going to figure out and, and Alan, was it Alan's Greenspan was he the big mm-hmm. economics guy in the 90s and 2000s um, when really there's you know I don't know people end up why people end up where they are it's, it's just interesting to me I like to take the history of everybody I think and, uh, a generalization go. kind of if you generalize which means you're going to have exceptions and I'm just doing this in the biggest brush I can paint you hit on it in some of the things you said, and that is, I think everybody executes a de- decision tree, like do this or do that, take this or take that class or course, or go to college or not. But if you don't have kind of the uh, 30,000 foot view, so to speak, all you are doing is waiting till the creek takes you to the next decision tree. And you have followed a path, albeit not one that you necessarily set out to do. Not that there's value associated with any of this, right? As far as a right, wrong kind of thing. But if you don't have, all right, so I might want to land at X 
what are the decision trees and then the decisions that I need to execute between here and there? I think some are like, well, I'm a senior now, so I must (laughs) go to college. What am I interested in? You meet with an advisor. Well, I kind of like these classes and this, this, and this. Okay, well, let's sign you up for that. You've always got time to change your major. (laughs) Three years later, you're like, well, I guess (laughs) I'll get a degree in this. Okay, and then you do that, and then you graduate, and like you said, don't always go into what you studied. And I don't know, I had, I didn't necessarily have a path dictated for me. My parents' only right. choice or bearing on this was, you need to go past high school, and and that that's it. Well, whatever it is you wanted to land in was up to you. You just mm-hmm. needed a higher education to get that afforded you other options as far as jobs or careers or whatever. But I don't know that everybody starts with that same sort of view. I think it's the narrower view of the decision tree. I think because so many people, at least the, the class of folk that I ran with in school there, they may or may not have went to college. Their parents, I'm assuming I'm talking about their idea of what college was, wasn't necessarily exactly what college actually was. And there was there's this mis idea that they I think they almost look at it all as everything's just a giant trade school like right it's no a matter career what, like go, prepping yeah. place well it, it is it, with direction it, yeah it is and it isn't not universities anyway that's not exactly what they are now if you want to be an accountant obviously you have to go to at least some type of university or community college to you know learn how to do that. Um, you can't just go be an accountant. I mean, you can probably be <laughs> an good assistant, at math. but right. Um, but if you just have a general degree in something, you know, you can you can move around. And I think they just think of it as that, like, you know, you go to trade school to learn whatever, and you get out and be that. So you want to go to college, and you you want to be, you know, um, whatever. You go to school, and you just take these classes to become that. And generally, I guess the general idea of that is kind of correct. But it's not always you just pick a crowd and then you're going to get out and get a job immediately. You still have to be, you still have to be able to perform. I mean, just getting that piece of paper doesn't doesn't guarantee that you're going to get a job anywhere. I mean, if, if you know, you, they might hire you, but then when they figure out you're a moron, then they're probably going to let you go. Right. You know. So you, I think a lot of people just thought it was going to be the ticket to getting out and having a good life, and then they get out and realize, well, do I even want to do this? Like, what is this job? With with all that said, though, I don't want to miss saying this. I think that the public schools, or just I don't know, maybe society in general, I don't I don't know who's responsible for this, but like what careers there are out there. Like I remember when I graduated high school, or you know, in high school, you kind of knew what you could go to school for. I mean, they talked about they had the college prep path and the I don't know what the other one was called, um, but it was basically trade school mm-hmm. or or college. Um, or university, it was a university path and something else. And like, okay, you go to university, but what are you going to do there? Like, well, you can major in all these things. Like, okay, well, I never really knew what does that mean? Like what jobs are actually out there? Like I never, I thought the accounting sounded like the worst thing on earth, but now <laughs> looking back at it and doing some of the stuff we do on a daily basis and then talking to some of my friends who are in the accounting field it might have been something that actually interested me if I would have known what the job pertained, you know, like what does it mean to do this? Like whenever you hear accountant, you just think of somebody like a CPA right. and there's so much more in that field. And that's, that goes for a ton of stuff. Like, 
Um, there's there's other things that are that way too. Like you're majoring in chemistry, that doesn't mean you're like sitting in a lab or teaching chemistry. Like you could be working for um, Coca Cola or all these big companies to where you're no. You're you're working on their formulas or whatever, or making sure they're you know um, doing things correctly. Like I don't know, just I think an en- seems engineer like is another one of those where I have several yeah engineer that yeah are a variety of engineers and you could be part of a small firm that you know if it's like a mechanical engineer does work for XYZ company that hires you to build and do things, or you could be like you said, you could be in an upper management position because you're an engineer of lots of different companies. Mm-hmm. I have a friend who's, uh, I have a lot of friends who are engineers and I don't know how many of them actually are doing engineering work now because they were engineers and doing that work at first, they've moved up to like management positions. Um, which is interesting to me because I don't know how much management background and training they might actually have. I mean, I don't think any of them are doing poorly. Um, but it's just, you know, something to keep in mind on how we even got straight down this, but you, you, I guess the whole idea is you never know where it's going to take you. You just one thing leads to another. Um, but I have friends who are engineers who do everything from um, work on like guardrail, supervising guardrail crews to make sure you know they're following whatever codes, installing guardrails on the highways to like um, people who work at the FAA and like make sure that the towers are built correctly and. And even like the FAA has different types of engineers that make sure that the runways and all this are laid out correctly based on how, you know, the airplanes need to take off and blah, 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 and where the towers are supposed to go and yada, 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 on and on and on. And then some of those just, they're just managers. They're like project managers. They did that for a while and now they're just a project manager, which I still can't get them to exactly tell me what that means. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe we should just go work for the government and have a job that, uh, Nobody knows what it is, and they don't, and doesn't know it exists, and they can't really cut it, can they? I mean, until the government gets shut while. down and you don't get a check. <laughs> yeah, this, I, I asked this person about that because um, he was involved in the shutdown, and um, he was like, "It does stink," but he showed me some um, data. He was saying basically he makes like thirty percent more um, pay than somebody who makes something in the equivalent private sector. Oh. So. He's able to like, like withstand. So the shutdown, yeah. So he should have like his whole thing is well, everybody who's in the who's working for the government, if they would, of course, you know, people don't do this. Like if they would have saved correctly or you know spend their money correctly, they're making more money than people in the private sector anyway. As far as those jobs, um, right? Of course, the sky's the limit though in the private sector. Um, but he wasn't really worried about it. He's an interesting bird anyway. So yeah, the government gets shut down. It's like working for the VA. I think two things affect the uh, path and outcome and the careers and the knowledge about them is one is the maturity. And I don't necessarily necessarily mean do you act up or not act up, but thinking back to that point in time and thinking, I kind of have an idea about what these jobs are. I kind of know my own personality type, whether I would or would not like, man, I, I didn't have a clue. Because I think I'm always figuring myself out more and more, even at this age. But there's no way at, what, 18, or did I, Mm -hmm. or would I have been able to have a good grasp? And I don't think, I'm not necessarily sliding my school or any school that's, you know, kind of prepping you for a career path. I don't think there's always a lot of information 
about those things, which is why they, there's a certain mystique in some of them. And you're not like, well, I don't know about that. So you got those two things. You, you don't, you're not mature enough to even be able to understand mm-hmm. all of it. And what's there is probably appropriate because it's just on the level of what all those kids can understand. But it's such a decision that's got to be made at such an early stage that it's almost a miracle. Do you think they should they should delay delay it then somehow? Like, I don't know. I don't know what you would do for two years going like a sabbatical or something. And so even then, I mean, two years isn't that much. I, I was just, do you know anybody? Okay, two things. Do you know anyone who since you were kids said, I want to grow up and become this who actually did that mm. or anyone who even started college with one major and finished with that major. Like, I don't know anyone other than a few teachers who are now band directors who started music education. And I think that's a little different because that's, there's not a lot of places you can go from that. Although a lot of them did change and into different things. Like, I don't know very many people who, Started school with one major and finished with the same major. And I don't know if I know anyone who said, I'm going to be this when I grow up and ended up being that. As far as an undergraduate, you're talking about in high school? Just in general, both both questions. Like, do you know anybody from, since y'all were kids, who said, I'm going to grow up and be a lawyer, or I'm going to grow up and be a policeman, or I want to mm. be this, who actually stuck to that? I don't know anyone. Seems like I know Not one a single guy person. who ended up in the Army, but I don't think that was his, in the middle, I think there was some delay of that. And I'm not sure what he's doing now. I'm trying to think of some others. Ah, it's such a small pool. I knew one from. kid who said he wanted to be in the Air Force. I forgot about him. I think he ended up did go and being in the Air Force. But may, so maybe he's the only one I know. I knew one girl that she wanted to go to the Air Force Academy as long as you know, I'd known her talking about it. Never materialized for her. I'm not really sure what the reasons ever were. Hmm. Um, but I did see through social media some couple, it seems like it's been a couple, she might have been four years ago now, where her daughter did make it. So the dream did kind of live through on just to the next generation. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, I try not to be a pessimist in life, but I, a lot of my friends or other people want to hear them say, you know, their kid's freaking 14 or 15 years old and they're like, yeah, they're going to grow up and they want to go to med school. They want to go to this. And I'm like, okay, well, they've got six years before they even probably get to college. And then another at least eight to 12, you know, if that's what they want to do. And they're just, they're just determined that is what they're going to do. They're going to be a doctor. Right. I'm like, okay, like, that's good. I hope so. And if that's what they want, but the chances of them sticking to it and then actually getting through and becoming whatever they say are just low. I think people need to realize that, Plans change, people themselves change, and maybe you shouldn't uh, hit your, you know, hit your wagon to that horse and and parade around so proudly until you know maybe that's something that is going to happen, you know, because life happens and things change. Yeah, if it's not, I guess I knew one guy from college. It went all the way. Who, uh, he, yeah, we we were both freshmen together, and I'm pretty sure he was pre med the whole time. I wasn't. I was um. I was a psychology major for about a year because I had no idea what I wanted. I just knew I was going to go to the university and see what happened. Um, and then I changed my major, and I made it all the way through. I have people who tell me I'm the only person they know from the point they met me and said, hey, I'm going to do this. And then I actually went and did it. I was like, yeah, but you like, <laughs> you met me in my third year of college. So my first two years, it was like, well, who knows what I'm going to do. I just got to do good. But he did. He got a degree in chemistry and a degree in um 
biology? Uh, I don't know if it was music performance oh, wow. or no, it was real diverse. Like they were, which is real impressive. Like, cause it's hard to get a music education degree. I don't know if you knew many music Seems majors, like but there they was were a at lot school. A lot of time involved. A in that. lot. They had to practice constantly. There were performances. They had to be in all the bands. Um, and then they had to student teach and, even if it was a performance degree, they had even that many more performances and things they had to do. But he got a degree in that and a degree in chemistry. Um, and our chemistry program was no slouch where we went. And he made it all the way through, went to med school. He got there a year after me and um, went through to his residency. And now he's a, uh, a hospitalist somewhere in South Carolina, um, living the dream, I guess. Um, but other than him and maybe a few people who said they wanted to grow up and be band directors, I don't know many people who – started whatever they started their degree and ended up doing ended up finishing or or even finishing at all the first thing and then becoming what they said they were going to do i know a handful that in, at least in college that said this is what they wanted to do and that's what they did and there's one in particular of mine like you said he went through uh, i think he was major and more on the biology side and maybe minored in chemistry and went to med school and is now practicing but i'm trying to remember if there's any others as far as in that particular med school thing that actually finished i don't know if my buddy who is a district attorney if he if he was pre-law the whole time or not i know he has a history degree and he finished in like three years i don't know if he just decided later on law was something that interested him or if uh It'll be interesting to know. I might ask him. I'm going to see him this weekend. I might. Maybe we'll talk about this tonight with some bourbon and some cigars. And the interesting of course, question, if you're my health and if you're my health insurer, I did not say that. The interesting <laughs> question is if you know X Y Z profession and ask them, like, did you start this? Because mm-hmm. uh, I know he's now retired orthopedic surgeon that I go to church with, and we had. I don't remember what it, what this was other than it was a group of people talking instead of typical like a teacher in a classroom scenario or the preacher talking, but it was like five or six people on a panel, if you want to call it that. And part of it would have been, not that nobody knew him, but they probably didn't because I didn't know like his entire history, you know, him being retired now unless somebody knew him for a long period of their life. But he didn't really have any aspirations to go to med school and here he ended up in like a specialty as a surgeon he wanted to go into chemistry and and was doing well and then someone suggested i think maybe a professor or assistant or something said have you thought about med school and he was like well not really (laughs) and then he could say the way he thought was (laughs) and and uh just then started to look into that and lo and behold had a uh successful career as being an orthopedic surgeon which i found that was just interesting because hmm. i would have assumed as we often do with things that that's probably what he set out to do which is not i know three doctors who um i never would not because i thought they were stupid but because i never would have thought they would have went to medical school just because they didn't seem like the type like we were almost done with uh pharmacy school and this guy was still bartending you know regularly and he was a few years older than us but yeah he somehow he he went back i guess to college got his stuff together and now he's a practicing doctor i think he's a do i think he went to virginia or something like that and the same thing happened to another guy i knew um he was always pretty smart but he ended up he was like a music um performance degree major like in classic guitar or something and i guess that just wasn't didn't didn't turn out the way he wanted and now he's a he's a doc so some people love school. Wherever. 
I, did you ever have? Yeah. Oh yes. Did you ever have anybody try to talk you out of a major, like like another professor, mm-hmm. or did you ever have anything like that? At times, but not not in a in, in a severe way. But I heard, and it probably was just more of a healthy conversation of, "Is this what you really want to do?" You know, one of those things. Mm-hmm. Um. T- talking about this is making me think of the ones who really just kept going. Do you know any professionals that finished a professional school who then yeah. went on to finish another professional mm-hmm. school? I'll just, yeah, I know two or three I went to school with who went back to, I think they're, they went back to be MDs, I think. And yeah, or one to the other. Yeah. I know a few. I know one that I know did a guy that who, uh, and one that went on to be a vet and, that was, I think in his words, where the general vet's life was not, uh, he was a very type A person. Um, by that I mean like this, he wanted structure in his uh, job life that was more like school, I guess. And maybe there's other aspirations. That he just didn't say it in this way. But that was his answer to me is like, so you finished this professional school. You went straight into the other professional school. You're finishing that. Are you are you done now or what are you doing? He's like, well, that the general version of that is not what I want. I want something more higher. So he went on and did a residency in surgery specifically for uh, dogs, and now is a canine orthopedic surgeon. Hmm. Didn't know there was such a thing. I always wondered if there were specialties in vet medicine. I don't know why there wouldn't be. Oh yeah, just hmm. like human oncology, you know, on and on and on. What about like like crossovers, like? I know a few people who, um, not a few, I know at least two that like finished pharmacy school and then went to law school afterwards. We had a professor who was both. I was like, wow, that's a, I bet that's a you, lot of schooling. Did he teach law? Yeah. I bet he yeah. also was the one who came and taught that to us because I remember thinking, wow, that is a lot of school because that's mm-hmm. four years of undergrad, four years professional twice or more yeah. yeah it's like wow i don't know which was for well i think maybe it was a bachelor's degree back then that may be true um, but it still was professional school um but no I, I, surely he has his doctorate i don't know he literally wrote the book of hippa so he's not a he's not a uh slouch by any means well hopefully we're not boring people to death with this one just kind of rambling on yeah that's uh the lead is kind of buried in the article <laughs> which is uh, often said not to do, but it's just more of a musings and not so much like, are you going to unravel something today? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Makes you wonder. Did you ever notice, though, that about the um, the video game? Like, could you see, like, certain people? No. This is all brand new before optics you? that you brought this oh. up. I've never thought about this. I just thought of it more as the games that those particular companies made either did or didn't get popular into like a mainstream, which then Mm -hmm. made the machines themselves get pushed. Um, I think Mortal Kombat just ultimately pushed Sega into more hands, the Genesis particularly, than any other game I remember doing. I'm sure. I think their big one was Street Fighter. What was Sega? Yeah. I think you could get Mortal Kombat on both, but I think it was more of a Nintendo. I mean, I had... You get both on both, but I think hmm. when I think of Street Fighter, I think more of Genesis. But I think you could get both from on both platforms. I don't even remember whose name was the original writer because at one time the games were wrote by the companies, and some point in time, other I guess you call it software. Essentially, they started making their own. Whether they made a system right. or not, you know, they made things. 
Mm-hmm. I remember getting different games, and you could tell it was like Capcom or right. Konami or whatever. Um, you could tell it was the same game. There was a cool game called Jackal that I played on basic Nintendo that a lot of people never heard of. I remember that one. I thought it was a, it was a fantasy. He was driving around a little Jeep. Mm-hmm. I thought it was fantastic. It reminded me a, a lot, lot of people Contra. didn't have it. Yeah, I, yeah, but they were both. I bet those were both those Konami or yes. whoever that was made both of those. I was never super into the Contras either. Like my friend of mine had it. He had Contra and he had some weird ones. Like he had Double Dragon, Contra, and um, Ninja Ninja Gaiden or Ninja Gaiden. Yeah, he had those, and I they, those were neat because they were different from what I had. But I could tell those were all a certain style um, of play. And the, the Ninja Gaiden was neat because you could jump from back from walls. Like you, it was one of the first games you ever could like jump on a wall and grab a hold and then jump to the other wall back and forth. Where Mario just banged his head on coin boxes. It seems like a little more advanced in the beginning. The off-branded games, maybe it was just because it was different, or maybe it's because they were quote better. Like you said, there would be certain features that would be in them that was above whatever the standard platforms version was. Did you ever play any first-person shooters like Halo or what's the other one, Call of Duty? Or did you play that Doom? Yeah. That was a little before my time. was the only one I played. I I feel like I'm really in a small crowd now (laughs) when you say those things. And I say, nope, never played one of those games in my life. I was right at the edge before they all started coming out. And then I got into school and I stopped playing. But I was too young for Doom because it came out – I think, like you said, 92 or 93. And for to play that, you either had to have you had to be wealthy to be able to afford a computer and an internet connection, or you had to be in college. Mm-hmm. And I was too young to be in college. And I think you were in college. Right. So that's probably y'all had computers and you had like that T1 connection even in universities back then or whatever it was called. And so you just if you didn't, no one in my community had that. Like we didn't get to, nobody. I didn't know anybody who even had dial-up internet until like 98, I think or maybe the, 99. I don't think the first version was online. I, don't, I think you bought a disc and then uploaded it to your uh, yeah. personal computer. Well, you can network. You 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 make your own network. Like a, like if so, if you were in college or something, you you didn't have to get online, but you could get a router and y'all could play each other right like that and way. I, I I never witnessed that being played. It was all just the one that was uh, just, for, just shooting the monsters. Yep, it, instead it, of each other. Yep, yeah, it was on my uh, roommate's laptop, I believe, and. Man, people want to come play that. Now, let's back it down. Let's go way basic. Because I can think of games that are fascinating. One of which I know every human being has played. Either the the real or the computer version. Solitaire. It came, it came <laughs> yeah. on every PC. And yep. there was another game that was really weird. Not weird. It looked weird. But it was very basic. But it could draw you in for a long period of time. Uh, was it Minesweeper? Did you ever play that? Yeah, I was going to say probably mine. Yeah. Like once I figured out how to play it, that one I loved. It was a brain game. I, in fact, I could play that right now if my computer had it. These Macs have that? Probably not. I haven't seen <laughs> or heard of Minesweeper in a long time. I know they played it on the episode of The Office, so it must have been out at least until then. Solitaire. I never played I played on the computer. I had a theory um, that every game of solitaire could be one that might not be right i don't know you, y'all tell me but i thought if you played it correctly like if you took your time and you laid down every card correctly um and didn't miss anything mm-hmm. that you could win that game because uh, i would i win it a lot on the computer um, more so than i would with the actual cards 
Um, but I felt like I, you could win every game. Maybe not. Maybe it was just there is ways where you would lose because you get playing on the computer and you win. I would win a lot. And were you going through the deck multiple times? Are you talking one know, time the, through? Like the standard the rule rules is one time through, but in the game you could set it to you could just keep going through the cards, which in that case pretty much. Your game. Oh yeah, you reshuffle it and then. Right. Like when cards are left, yeah, I think that's how I would win every game, or you could win every game doing that. So we talked about this the other day. Wasn't going to say anything because I wanted people to think I was just this genius, but I learned, and of course, maybe a lot of people know this that I, and I just didn't. But I'm about to lay some knowledge on people. I didn't realize that a Rubik's cube. They're solvable because it's just you can use a logarithm to to solve it. Like it's, I always thought people were just geniuses and pictured it all in their mind. Like, how are you solving that? I never really thought about it. I guess to think there must be some kind of pattern trick to it, and there is. There's a pattern you can learn. It's not. It's not simple. Now you have to be smart and you know inept at that kind of thing to be able to do it. It's very complex. There's there's a couple of logarithms you have to or formulas you have to remember to get through each step. And then you, once you get that step done, you build this certain thing on the cube. Then you go to the next step and you do this. And it's, you know, all about twisting certain sides, left clockwise and counterclockwise. But eventually all you have to do is apply those rules to it. And you can solve like every cube, which is why they do it so fast. He's like, how could they be thinking and doing that? Cause they're not really it's just a matching pattern. anything. They're just making a pattern. Yeah. Until they get the cube back to where it goes, which to me, even that is wild to me. Cause it's, but then again, whoever created it probably knew that. So that's why they made the the cube itself. I'm sure they the person who invented it probably knew these rules, and that's why they made it. But I've never tried to solve one. I was going to try just to learn how to do it, but I don't know if I'll ever have time to show my wife. Be like, you can't, can you not solve a Rubik's Cube? She was like, no, can you? I was like, I thought everyone could. You know, just play one of those games. She <laughs> like, yeah. Here, mix it up. So let me show you. A guy did that to me at work the other night. He was like, here, mix it up. And so I was like, okay. Um Mixed it up, handed it back to him. It only took him a few minutes, and he fixed it, or he had it, you know, back to normal. I, can't. I was like, huh. and that's what got me on the idea of. I bet there's just a pattern, like because, um, and there is. My pattern. Did you ever try to, to uh, fix one? Oh yeah, take the stickers off. Yeah, take the stickers <laughs> off or take it apart. I didn't know you could take it apart. Oh, yeah, I feel like it'll snap off. Break it? No, it'll snap together. At least the originals Did, would. What were some other classics like that? Solitaire, Minesweeper. We had a Rubik's Cube. There was something else got a, that was like a... very a, basic one for you. You could go pick one up today if you stop off at a Cracker Barrel. Oh, the triangle thing? No, it's a little bit more basic than that. Can you get the nails apart? Uh, two, like two the horseshoes and stuff? Yeah, kind of like that. I think I've figured out most of those. The first one I ever figured out was the horseshoe. I think the thing. first one I figured out was the nails. I've got it. Well, there's a couple of those laying around here. The kids... Some of those... Some of those are wild. Like, even when I watch people do it, like, there's one, it's, uh, what was it? It's, it's an Asian one. Um, I think it's two ropes or something tied together. And, like, just take it. Those things are mind-bending. I think those are incredible. Like, I still, those are basic or whatever. I have a pair of those horseshoes somewhere. I may go mess with them right now. But the whole idea that you can just, that, that that's possible, it's just, People are smarter than me. The, the, a lot of the nature of the nail game is always it's going. The answer is going to go against your logic. This is the way that how are you, they put together? How I guess it, this just isn't too, a visual thing. Yeah, but. but it's just two bent nails, and I mean they're not just bent in a V. It's a circle, so it's bent one time around. 
but you look at it and you think like unthread it, which is where your brain's going wrong. It's the, it, mm-hmm. you have to actually thread one through, actually both them through themselves, and it, it undoes. They just pull apart. Yeah. The other Cracker Barrel game though is that uh, golf tee. Oh yes. Thing. Show how smart you are. Yeah, that's just luck, I think. I mean, that's probably got a pattern there, there in is. too. I used to know yeah. it. Uh, every time I eat it, when I try to conjure that up in my mind, and I can't seem to get back to it. <laughs> but once I figured it now out, when I was a younger, now, I could repeat it and repeat it and repeat it. I'm you like, could Google or YouTube it now, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> right. It takes up the mystique out of everything. You just learn the answer. Yeah. Now, when you open up the, a box of something bookshelves whatever that somebody would buy for their house do you straight go to the directions yeah well what do you try to figure sort it out? of oh i don't try to figure stuff like that i don't know i mean i probably could if it was super simple i usually get the parts out put them in um some semblance of order like the big size with these sides and i just go to the directions and just do it correctly because I, I don't i just i don't know no i don't want to go back to the store and have to get another <laughs> one or mess up this or that i'm very much a directions user like for even if it seems super simple i will go through and do it the way it says what's frustrating is when you do that and it doesn't work you're like there's not a hole there (laughs) well i told you the story of the uh i got a a non-running ford Mm f-150 and it was supposedly just needed a sensor um (laughs) some kind of and and the story goes okay so 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 we ordered the sensor and well, I don't. There's not really a spot for this sensor. Um, so we got the Chilton's manual, and well, there's where it says it is. And we look in the where it's at, and there's a, this a brass plug where that sensor goes. And you get online the forums, and no, there ain't no brass plug there. That's that's where it goes. And I'm like, okay, and on and on. And long story short, it's one of those deals where they change the engine halfway through the this, year. Yeah, halfway through a model year. So most of the books have it wrong. You go to the parts store, and they're still going to give you the wrong part because. First part of the year, it was correct. And then they went back to the original spot in the later year. So it was only this one little seven-month run of this particular engine, the sensors, in there. So no matter what the whole point of this was, no matter what directions you followed, you just had to figure that one out. Finally, I found some guy who made a video in Arkansas who had lost his mind over it and who wanted no one else to have to do what he did, even though I did beforehand. <laughs> and I found his video. And I was like, well, that's probably what we got. And sure enough, it was... It was an easy fix after that. But what was more irritating was they called the sensor a different name. Hmm. It's like you would think these computers would have them linked together, right? Like mm-hmm. like if it's not this one or you don't have that one, then it might be this one. Because you know we have the technology to do that. Like the parts store should have, if this sensor doesn't work, then maybe it's this one linked together somehow. You know, but it didn't. That's an opportunity So the directions money. failed me on that one. Failed me big time. So you could go across the nation just buying up those particular yeah. ones that nobody mm-hmm. could get running and fix. Probably so. I talked to my buddy about that. He's like, you know, you could, that might be the idea to start a new nonprofit. Like, you just go get these trucks and then just sell them for, you know, a little more than what you got in them. And, you know, it doesn't say you don't, you don't make money on a nonprofit. You just, <laughs> some of the richest people I know are CEOs of nonprofits. <laughs> hmm. But the guy on top of Blue Cross Blue Shield gets a nice paycheck, don't you think? <laughs> yeah, that, that's a time consumer. I, I don't have the time oh, yeah. for that. I do good to take the nails apart. <laughs> I enjoy fixing old things and putting, making them work again. You were talking, you talked briefly at the at the beginning of uh, the receivers. I like like the late seventies stereo mm-hmm. receiver wars. Man, that was the that was those were good times. I would have liked to have been around back then. I mean, you can still get them now. 
Um, I remember when I first started, I've got a few I've collected uh, over the last 15 years or so off eBay. And now those are worth like three times what I bought. And so I'll never be able to, I want the SX1980, which is like a 270 watt per channel Whoa. Pioneer receiver. Um, but even back then it was like $1,200. And I think now they're thousands and thousands of dollars because they just don't, you know, literally don't make them like that anymore. Can you get parts for these if they need them? Um, sort of. Um, the thing about electronics is it's just like old receivers like that. It's just diodes and transistors and capacitors and wires. So all you have to do is, as long as the boards aren't broken, which those don't usually go bad, is get the new capacitors and stuff and have them fixed. Like a professional could do, could rebuild the whole thing from scratch, just as long as you have the boards. I don't imagine as many things are getting repaired now. I mean, oh, definitely not. As as there once were. I'm going back. I'm thinking about televisions, and I remember there was a guy who literally had a career. He was the TV and VCR before they became throwaway, and then eventually he said, um, "Yeah, it's I could fix this VCR or VHS player, but you're, you're going to have to just get another one cheaper than this bill is going to be." When then they got to that point, he just quit working on them. That just irritates me. Like, I'm sure that's true because, you know, you have to pay the person to fix it and you can just go buy another one for less. But there's so many things just get tossed out that could work perfectly. Mm-hmm. Like that, there's a, um, there for a while, I don't know if you remember the cash for clunkers thing in the mid 2000s, or maybe it was, I don't know, maybe it was post 2008. I can't remember. Um, but the people were taking a lot of cars that were perfectly good and they just got crushed. You know, that was the whole idea was to help the environment by getting old hmm. gas guzzlers off the road. But by doing that, that really hurt a lot of poor families who would have been able to pay $1,500, you know, for a car that got them from A to B, mm-hmm. and it dramatically decreased the number of those cars that were available. Of course, that's so far removed now, I'm sure that they're still out there again. But for a while, um, the availability at least was hurt a little bit. I'm not saying you couldn't find them, but it was hurt just a little bit from doing stuff like that. I don't think... Just throw it away. I probably have three receivers upstairs that aren't, you know, they're not, there's nothing cool or neat about them, but there's something wrong with each one of them. And my wife would say my pack rat tendencies will not allow me to get rid of them, which is true. I just can't throw them away, Um, but they're probably not repairable. Or they are, but it would cost as much to find a working one on eBay or something as it would to have it fixed. The cost that gets involved with a newer washer dryer refrigerator Mm -hmm. is, from what I understand, well, you can almost go get another one for that. So then no one does. I've heard that. And so I've also heard that, though, a few times from repairmen on my air conditioners and heating systems. Like, you you can just get, you know, three. It's like, this will cost you about $300. But, you know, 700 and you can just get a whole new unit. And it's like, yeah, but that's 700 And I'm like, just, let's just fix it for now. And then if it comes down to it, well, I'll, $300 I've thrown away. And so far, knock on wood, um, all the repairs I've done to my units have worked and they're still running i have a it'll probably go out tomorrow now but i have the original ac and heater um in my upstairs in this house and this house was built in about 98 ish mm-hmm. so i remember that replacing almost... that one <laughs> we made i it replaced the other one I was, I was like yep i wanted to get a new jet ski or a <laughs> little uh, flat bottom boat to go fishing in and instead i have cold air that comes out of my vents the, the the newer things have a lot more features and uh, outside of the ACs and all that, because I've heard of people that I know, not necessarily just the old wives tale, but the uh, efficiencies are remarkable with some of the newer things. But when it comes to, say, like washer and dryer, 
I don't know. Uh, when things start losing, when the repair bill looks similar to another unit, that's the problem, I think. <laughs> Some of it, too, is, I mean, these people, you're charging all these, I mean, they got to make a living, so I guess they're, maybe they're repairing less, and so they're charging more than they normally would have um, to repair something. I've fixed tons of people and friends and my washing machines just by watching YouTube videos and ordering the parts online for pennies on the dollar and doing it yourself. I think on a washing machine and a dryer, you can almost fix any of it, the, like yourself. I think There's the problem much... is when this one word gets uttered, motherboard. I've, yeah. I've, when that's out, now you're talking, it's not even the labor involved. It's just that the part is so much. It's like, ah, oh, which. But you'd think you'd be able to find one with all these people just throwing. I guess they're probably in dumps, though, or the right. landfills. where they, I'm not really sure why you have a need for a motherboard on a washer or dryer, but <laughs> somebody thought you needed to have one. I think the washing machine, part of that is, um, I think the, and a dryer, the motors mm-hmm. run on um, 220. But the other things, like the controls and the other stuff, runs on 110. So that motherboard controls when it switches that voltage from one to the other. Whereas, I guess, old machines, it was all just 220. You just turn the switch and it turned on. Yeah, I'm trying to think about the older ones that I have messed with. I'm almost certain washing machines are just 110. The dryer does have the higher uh, need for the voltage for the heating, but nothing else. Are you... um? Familiar with how electricity works, basically, in your house? Like, did you know you can get 220 volts off of any panel? Like, Briefly. So you have... I've heard this yeah, discussion. Like it, it's, it's amazing. Like, people like to think of electricity as just positive and negative, and that's not really the case. It's You have positive and neutral in a home, because like, it's AC current, you know, going mm-hmm. back and forth. Anyway, long story short, on a main breaker board, like where your, your panel's at, you have two positive bus boards and a, and a um, neutral bus board. And if you hook one wire to the positive and one to the neutral, that's your normal 110. But if you hook to both um, positives, it uses the whole transformer or the whole um, coil mm-hmm. at the, and so that's where you get your 220 volts. Basically you, you're half your, you basically have, you're either using half of a coil or the whole coil. So the whole coil, you get 220 volts on the pole and the other half if you just use half, you're getting 110. Right. Anyway, I, that's just I, I, did, I did hear this discussion recently for a friend who is wiring his house who never has done any of this before. So I'm getting to hear of his learning experience <laughs> as he goes. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. I was having, I had to wire up my um, pump motor to the swimming pool. And I think it goes, instead of using the neutral, I think it uses the two things. So I think maybe it runs on 220. And I always thought it was just 110. But anyway. That's a whole other discussion to bore people to sleep to death about. Hopefully we haven't done that too much with this one. Or maybe we have. As long as you get a use out of it. It's a good (laughs) uh, general topic. I think maybe we'll wrap a whole one day, and that is things are not as complicated as we make them out to be. Home repair, Mm -hmm. car repair, whatever it is you're talking about, it's just having enough confidence and ability to pay attention to what you're doing. The biggest thing is having the right tool for the right job. Yeah, often it does require specific tools, but a lot of times you can even rent those. Mm-hmm. You don't necessarily yeah. have to own them. It makes it handier if you do. But There's not much on an automobile you can't fix yourself if you have the right tool. I mean, besides like you know, rebuilding the transmission or a rear end differential, I mean, those things take quite a bit of skill, but everything else, if you can turn a wrench, 
You could probably order the part from China for a few dollars and do it yourself. This is true. Just having the confidence Speaking to of, do it. I need to repair my truck. I haven't passed emissions in so long. I don't know if it's even fallen off the... <laughs> I kind of don't even know it exists anymore. Are you positive it's emitting? I, it's, no, it's a sensor somewhere. <laughs> I just got to replace them all until it's the correct one. I mean, I guess it could be losing pressure somewhere. It's the emissions junk on it. Oh. Well, maybe. It of course, would. if I lived in a different county, I wouldn't even have to worry right. about it. <laughs> you just That's keep on right driving there. it. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Another control just point. Just don't think about it. No? Just don't think about it. Just drive it anyway until you get pulled over, and then you have to get it fixed. Yeah, I don't imagine you have a lot of ways around that. As long as it's required. I mean, you literally cannot register a vehicle that doesn't pass emissions. Yeah. Some people call that MARTA, and I don't know why. What is Marta? I'm not sure. I've heard that phrase forever. Fortunately, I do not live in one of those counties. I never heard it until I came to this area. They call it that. Or at least some parts of this area. Well, I've got an appointment to head to the lake this weekend. So well, it Surely it won't be crowded. <clears throat> I hope not. We're going to go to a more secluded area. First time I've been on the water in a long time. Well, it's a holiday weekend. You won't run into anybody out there. Mm-mm, won't be anybody out. Everybody's going to forget because it's going to rain, and they're just going to grill by their uh, swimming pools. Nobody's going to be out there. Mm-hmm. When we made this, um, uh, scheduled this, we weren't thinking about it being a holiday weekend. So, no. If you're listening, it may not be a holiday now, but it's a holiday somewhere. It was when we recorded. Well, you got any more to add to the ramblings of, I don't know what, what I'll, I'll have to come up with a title because I have to title everything, but it'll be <laughs> Video Games to Career Path Wanderings. Does your video game preference say something about your future career path? And then we'll never get to the bottom of it, and then there will be mad for listening. <laughs> Did you realize the, <laughs> As ru- usual. the Rubik's Cube in life, there is a pattern. Yeah. Now, how many people are going to go out and get a Rubik's Cube now? I want some of those profits from you, Rubik's Cube sellers. I just thought it you was know a where puzzle. to email us. We should just do like this until people start uh, emailing us what they want us to talk about. And we'll probably just never have another download. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe there's some that are just automatic. Maybe. That will be good enough. As long as there's a couple hundred to a couple thousand and then maybe 10,000, that would be great. Well, and related to that, I- I'm asking because I know there is an interesting idea that now they even even though we have quite a list of things we haven't even unraveled yet or or I don't know if we ever finish unraveling but pull the string on whatever idea I I am begging for an idea that at least we haven't touched on yet maybe it's already on the list but just one email to cross with an idea that I haven't even thought of or that you haven't mentioned I'm sure you have some up your sleeve that you haven't even jotted down yet but I'm sure many many minds have different angles and optics and life experiences that you know never even thought about that. How can they let us know? That would be the easiest way would be at the uh, email for the show thoughtworks podcast at gmail dot com all together all lowercase. I don't know that that matters anymore, but I know some systems automatically capitalize, but. That's that'd be the easiest way. There's always uh, the Facebook page for the podcast. 
which mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure is just ThoughtWorks podcast, whatever. I don't know what. There's locations in Facebook that I don't understand. Like <laughs> you, your your own identity has one because I remember filling it out for the. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a profile ID number. Right. But yeah. Pretty sure you could just Google it and it's got the hard hat man. Yep. Just just or search, search for it and mm-hmm. yeah, search for it and that's a term that's just become synonymous with search is Google. Like YouTube, Google it. I heard somebody say the other day. I was like, you mean to search for it on YouTube? Right. If you don't get the thinker wearing the hard hat, that's not the right place. You need to look for that. If it matches the picture yep. of the show art, you're in the right house. Or Twitter. ThoughtWorksPodcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. That's it. Twitter. I guess I should follow our own Twitter. <laughs> Tweeter guy. I don't know who does our tweets for us. I don't know if we're paying him enough. I'm pretty sure that part's accurate. He's getting paid the same amount he did last week. Mm, Either, well, any of those. Maybe one day he'll, maybe one day he'll be, um, his merit will justify a raise. Yeah. Any any ideas? You know, something really odd or something obscure. I'm, I'm really interested in something that's just try to be as odd or far off in left field. And I'm never mm-hmm. really sure why left field gets picked on more than right field. But nevertheless, whatever field you wanted to be in. Let us know. That's one. Email. Yeah, that's one. Because, you know, right-handed hitters do hit the left field, so. Yeah. See, I'm never, I'm always pondering. You're, you're about to unravel another one. <laughs> ThoughtWorksPodcast at gmail.com. That's it. Well, I'm going to hit the road. All I'll right. talk to you next time. Have a safe one. See ya. To run down new horse towns where the church is the backbone, loves in the bow, and the five string melodies grooving. With the farmland rows where the roots run deep, beyond the noise of the busy streets, where the songs of the south are soothing. When I hear the front porch picking down home rhythm ringing out, I don't run from banjo music. Yeah. The sound.